Welcome to Vinyasa in Verse, the podcast where we connect mind, body, and spirit through poetry and practice. I'm Leslie Ann Hobayan. Together, we'll explore different ways of connecting with our innermost selves and how to tap into the flow of the universe. Because once that happens, anything is possible. Your best life starts now. Hello, loves. Welcome to another episode of Vinyasa in Verse. I hope you are all doing what you can to stay healthy, to be safe, to take care of yourselves, especially during this really heavy time, this really potent time um, of uprisings and fights for um, racial justice and equality. Um, But I wanted to just make sure that you remember that it's important to affix your oxygen mask on first before you can be of service to others. So I invite you to take some time during your day just to breathe, to make sure that you check in with your body and all will be well. And so for today's episode, I would like to welcome a special guest. She um, used to be a creative director in many capacities for design and marketing at various corporations and um, is currently now the co-owner of a lovely yoga studio in Warren, New Jersey. It's called Honor Yoga Warren. I'd like to welcome to the show, Miss Cheryl McLeod. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> welcome to the show, my friend. I'm so glad that you could join me um, because it feels really important uh, in this moment of cultural and societal upheavals and change to um, hear from the small business owners, particularly black business owners. So I'm really glad that you came um, and accepted my invitation to chat with me on the show. Um, Now, we will start the episode as I do with my roulette of poems here because I find that it's sort of like a call to the divine to guide us in our conversation as we go um, forward through this episode. So, Here's today's poem. It's called, I Want Both of Us. I want both of us to start talking about this great love as if you, I, and the son were all married and living in a tiny room, helping each other to cook, do the wash, weave and sew, care for our beautiful animals. We all leave each morning to labor on the earth's field No one does not lift a great pack. I want both of us to start singing like two traveling minstrels about this extraordinary existence we share. As if you, I, and God were all married and living in a tiny room. Hmm. So um, just in hearing that poem, does anything jump to mind for you? Any images? that stand out for you or any messages that speak to you right now? I think the first is unity. Mm. It's such such a nice word, but it's so essential. And the reason why I think unity is it takes two or more Mm -hmm. create that. And and how the poem describes itself 
sound like it was just such a beautiful relationship. And so it's unifying and it's all about relationships and not just any relationship, a great relationship, a relationship that extends beyond the two of, of the people who you like both of us, mm -hmm. but extends to a higher power. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a really, um, it's a really good feeling. It's important. It helps you to be grounded. Yeah. Right? Um, having that type of unity really creates energy and strength because of the three, right? Yeah. Have the both, and then you have this one that's omnipotent. Yeah. Right? It's so strong. It just creates this uh, triangle shape. I get, keep thinking of the shape of a triangle. So another thing comes to mind. Yeah. That is just inseparable. Mm. So I really, I really like that. I want. That's another strong thing that the, the poem continues to say is I want. So it's not just unity. It's the desire to want to be unified. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the desire to want to be unified is another strong connector. And when I think of all of it together, it is being able to, um, how should I say it? Not just want to have the desire to, to be unified, but agree upon it. And so I could want it and they could want it. Mm -hmm. But it's the agreement yeah. that creates that strength. So it's a pretty strong uh, poem. It's a lot you can get from it. But for the most part, unity and a strong sense of relationship. Yeah, and I think that's oh, a really... <laughs> yeah, and that's a really important message, especially now, right? Um, and what I love about that poem is that there's also this um, taking care of each other in that relationship, you know, so this unity. And I love how you said that, that you honed in on the I want part, you know, because it is this active seeking out. Um, and, uh, and I just think about, okay, so I want this ideal thing, this unity, but also in that unity, we, we extend care for each other which to me, this feels like a really timely poem. Um, and, and so I just, oh, I'm so, I just love how you read that poem, how you, how you brought those messages forth. Um, and I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, so, so for our listeners, I will admit that Cheryl's a little nervous because I don't prepare questions. <laughs> and so she's like, well, well, I'm just leading her through the dark. Um, but it's, but it's a good practice and trust. Um, what I'd like to, to do to start our conversation is to ask you to share with us your, um, your story of how you came to yoga, how you, um, found yourself in this practice that, um, I'm going to just spell it out that in the Western world, particularly in the United States is, um, cast as a practice for white people particularly white women. And so as a woman of color, how did you find yourself um, drawn to yoga? 
Well, I have to say, I've always been a spiritual person. And mm. so that's followed me all my life. I've meditated, I've journaled, written journals. And so that practice of prayer and meditation has always been uh, deep rooted. Mm. I have worn all those hats in the Western world, <laughs> as you put it. And through those various roles, connecting and creating relationships with so many people, I, it wasn't what I wanted to do. It wasn't where, how I wanted it to end. I wanted a little bit more. I wanted uh, to seek something that was deeper. As life would have it, I got an opportunity to transition out. Mm. And I said to myself, well, I could transition out and then go back to another role or take some time because when you've worked so much, you just take time. Time took me to my niece's wedding where she had the practice of yoga. Now I had never done yoga before. This was a couple of years ago. I was always a gym rat. You know, I love lifting weights and physical activity and I still enjoy it, love spin classes. And she had yoga on the beach in Mexico. Like, wow, you know, that sounds yummy, so let me give it a shot. And I did, I gave it a shot. I wanted, as your poem said, Mm. to be a part of what all the attendees was talking about of what yoga could do for you. Mm. I wanted to be a part of it that day. And so I did. And the lead instructor made me cry. And I think it was probably a bunch of things that I was just trying to decide upon whether I should go back to corporate, whether I should stay, what I should do, what would be my next move. I was already an entrepreneur in in many respects from a design standpoint. Um, But what was I going to do next? And when I did that, I, I wouldn't say I was sold because it was the unity amongst all the other yogis that already knew how to practice that really was encouraging. And so I sought the instructor of the lead. She is still continuing to guide me. And that is what brought me to yoga. Mm. So it was, it's, it's just interesting. It wasn't like I watched it on TV. It yeah. was the experience. Almost like this poem that you just happened to read. Yeah, it sounds like divine timing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you were you were just given this opportunity, this invitation, and you said yes to it. And and look at all the things that that happened once you said yes. So what happened after um, your niece's wedding? You know, you, you went home and then you're crying and. <laughs> oh no, I guess I should say. A lot, a lot happened. Actually, j- before we left Mexico, I spent some time uh, with the yoga teacher who actually happened to be aunt, several people removed. And 
we exchanged numbers, we kept in contact. She continued to instruct me and guide me on ways that I could practice yoga on my own, telling me to get connected to a studio. And I continued to read about different things on yoga. And that's how it was. Just like, you know, a, a self-educating moment for myself with the guidance of someone who is certainly not here. She lives in France, mm. was willing to just continue to talk to me and share with me what she was doing and how I could learn from myself. You know, she said the best thing is, yeah, we talk about, you know, everything happens on in your mat, in the in your space when you're practicing. But she thought it was important that I come upon a lot of discoveries on my own based on what I read. She didn't want to like feed me, feed me, feed me absolutely everything. But she did help guide me and she put out thought processes to help me find the answers and then ask her. Um, mm. She's like, you're there. Stuff like that. Almost felt like I had a Yoda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the best, yeah that's the best kind of teacher where they where they they don't give you the answers they yes. just ask you more questions deeper questions yes where and then they just leave you <laughs> exactly and that's that's how i could describe her her name is definitely not yoda but in the sense of someone exactly that not you know laying it out so that you just kind of lay on your you're mad and you know everything it was really discovering that encouraged me to want to go deeper and that going deeper led me to do teacher training it didn't mm. take a year to figure that out i wanted here we go again i wanted to do teacher training yeah. i took a you know i uh took some classes and uh wanted to go deeper there and i was encouraged what introduced me to honor yoga was a business opportunity. So it's like one thing led to another. Um, I could go deeper with that conversation, but I'm going to pause. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. I mean, it's, but it sounds like, it sounds like, you know, that, that the saying yes, just opened more doors for mm -hmm. you. Um, but and I I do want to get back to that. But I want to I want to backtrack a little bit about that experience of yoga on the beach in Mexico, where there are tears in your eyes. What was it that drew you in to be more curious about yoga? Was it the experience of you know there were tears in your eyes after or during that class? Um, because some people they might just take the class and be like, oh, I had a moment, I'm fine now, and then move on. You know, maybe they'll go back. I mean, you mentioned that you know, you were a gym rat, maybe you just go back to working out and lifting weights again, you know, so what was it about that experience that pulled you in to further explore yoga? It was the breath. Mm. It was focusing on holding focusing on concentrating deep poses, holding your strength, standing your ground, mm. inhaling, cleansing breaths, 
centering in the beginning. I, I, I could go on, you know. That's not what I experience when I go to the gym. I go to the gym, I'm like, oh, I'm going to drink some water, I'm going to do some stretches. Like centering, setting an intention. I've always set intentions for myself. I set intentions. Some people set goals, but I always say, you know, today is going to be the day that's going to be fantastic. Mm. So it incorporated things that I desire things that I did anyway. Mm -hmm. All of that, all wrapped up, created an emotion because I wasn't expecting to receive all of that all at once. I wasn't expected to go through a journey within a practice. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you say to yourself, you know, okay, I'm going to go through a journey, right? You anticipate it's going to take a lengthy amount of time this took a class and you i were right for the picking <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was like, so that was that was it mm-hmm. wow wow that's that sounds like it was a really profound experience just that one that one moment that one class is so beautiful so let's go back let's go to the um this opportunity of of honor yoga coming forward um after you know i mean Yes, tell us about that because I, I, what I'm seeing is this pattern of you just saying one yes and then the universe is working its magic and all these things are aligning for you. So how did this, this opportunity unfold? It was a, a friend of mine in business who introduced me to the chief yogini. Hmm. And it was based off of asking me, what did I want to do next? I was like, I don't know what I want to do next, but I know how I like feeling and how I like to feel. And so after being in corporate America so many years, I knew how that felt. And now I knew how I wanted to feel. I, being introduced to yoga in Mexico, Having that experience in corporate America helped me to formalize a direction. And whether I formalize it or my steps were ordered for me, which I always believe they are, Mm. it pushed me in this direction. And so understanding and, and meeting her and meeting people at the studio and seeing what they were about and what their mission was and what their values were really encouraged me to go deeper. I didn't just jump into it. I did take classes at the studio to see if this was a space that continued the conversation for me, Mm. continue the conversation from what I, I feel like calling her my asana lead in Mexico teacher has shared with me thus far and seeing if it aligned. I knew it would be interesting. I wasn't afraid because I know that um, I always have been guided, but it's, that's how I've got connected with honor yoga and mm. so on and so forth, taking classes, wanting to go even deeper. I need to do teacher training. That was important to me. 
It wasn't important to me just as a business. It was just important to me because it was just amazing. Yeah. 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 yeah it was, it was an invitation for you to deepen your relationship. Yeah. with Yoga. Yes. Yes. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. And it just, it was it's the best thing I've done. Mm. Oh. You know, it's just amazing. It was an extension of myself. Because, mm. like I said, I've always been spiritual. And, you know, God has a huge place in my life. How do you pause and find space without saying, okay, I'm going to pause and find space? Now it just happens. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know why you're breathing. You know it's the breath of life. You know what that means and how deep it can be for you. Mm -hmm. Those things are super important. Those things you don't take for granted. And so I could keep going, but it's a continued story. I have my journey. Yeah. Still. Yeah, it, it is. Um and, and the thing is, it will be a journey until we leave this planet. You know, it's, it's a decision that each of us makes on whether we want to participate in it or not, because the journey is going to happen, right? And it's, it's often forgotten that we have a say in it, you know, that we have the power to engage and participate in that journey or not. Um, and if you're not, then you're just going to get dragged. <laughs> there is free will. Yeah, yeah. There is free will, and that is why that word I want, which still continues to uh -huh. stick in my head, it's up to you. You start that. And so if I keep dovetailing off of that poem, I wanted something different. Uh -huh. I wanted to feel better to know much more, to increase my knowledge. I wanted to go deeper. I wanted to create a space that if I discovered what I discovered, that space within then helps someone else. And it would be the both of us. It would be a unifying event. I wanted to do it and I had the opportunity. Mm. Yeah. I had the opportunity. If I didn't have the opportunity, I wouldn't have a studio. Right. I'd have some, but I'd have something else because I'm optimistic. <laughs> right, right, right. Because, you know, I, I, I want to, I want to go back to what you said earlier, which I thought was really important to highlight was, you know what it feels like to work in corporate America. And that's not a feeling you want to continue. And you know what it feels like to engage with yoga, to participate in it, to practice it. Um, and you know how that makes you feel. So I thought that was really um, key to understanding how we might navigate through our lives, through our journeys, is to check in with how we are feeling versus what we should quote unquote do you know because there are people who are like you know i know i should meditate right for example and 
the question is, okay, but why haven't you done it? All right, because there's the should and people tend to resist the, that word. Um, the question then could be, well, how do you feel when you don't meditate versus how do you feel when you do? And to use that trial and error to guide the decisions one might make in their journey. Um, so I really appreciate that you brought that into the conversation and I wanted to, to highlight that now um, because there's too many things in this, in the way that we're, we're conditioned where it's like, you want to lose weight, then you should stop eating bread, you know, <laughs> for example, <laughs> but, um, but honing, honing in and tuning into our feelings and in how we are existing, I think is really, um, is really important. And, and I love that you, you keep returning to the poem in, in that phrase of, I want, so I want to feel this way, you know, because I know what that other thing felt like, and that was not in alignment. Um, right. And, and it's, you know, sometimes people may think, oh, it's wimpy to keep tapping into your feelings. However, it is the start of being stronger. Mm. Right? So you, and, and the reason why I, I tap into that is it ended up driving decisions. Mm. That feeling and it can end up driving good decisions. It can also drive strategic decisions. Mm. And so it's nothing wrong with the feeling right and not that that's what we're saying but i've heard that oh you know feeling is just so soft yeah but what do you do with it after you feel something right you know do you turn it into a mush or do you turn it into something concrete that's an important question to ask that is the important question to ask so i I felt this way. I wanted to feel something different. And I was open to receiving too. Mm. You, just, you have to be open to receiving it. And it doesn't mean everything that comes your way is it. But you have to be open to hearing it and then making those decisions. But just know when you make those decisions, through your investigations, and I call my investigations all the things that I'm not going to call a Yoda, <laughs> all the things that I've been through there help me to see a direction to make it more concrete. Yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a journey in and of itself. So, so my question now, I'm thinking as you were, you were telling this piece, it was how do you discern? Because there are opportunities that are always popping up, right? And, and a lot of us in, in the spiritual practices of looking for signs or, um, you know, getting in touch with how we're feeling in terms of alignment or towards something else, all these things will pop up, you know, like, here's this opportunity, here's that opportunity, here's this, 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 this. And you're like, oh my God, the universe loves me, right? How do you discern? Because you can't do them all or you burn out. Like we, we're still living on a physical plane, right? <laughs> so we have to be a little more discriminatory about our 
what we say yes to. So how do you personally decide or discern which way to go? I don't know if I can 100% take credit for that at all. Mm. And the reason why I say that is because when I'm faced with a crossroads, right? I fast and pray because Mm -hmm. it takes more than what I want. It takes the both of us, which ultimately is a higher thought process than I could ever possess. And once I reached, I guess, a point where I really need to make a decision, I have to trust. Mm. You can't know everything, but you have to do something and you have to trust. Yeah. There is a huge amount of trust enveloped in that. And that trust has to be there. And you have to have courage and be brave on the outcome. And that's how you move. Mm. Mm. You have to have everything that I just mentioned, if not more. Right? Mm -hmm. So inside, meditation, prayer, thinking about it. I think that's what took me so long to put up a post that I did yesterday Mm. because I needed to do exactly that. And I had to have the courage and I had to trust the process based off of everything that I did. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's big. Um, so for those listening, um, Yesterday, uh, Cheryl put up a, an Instagram post. Was it just on Instagram or was it also on Facebook? Uh, um, it, generally, I think they connect to each other. Okay. <laughs> um, and I'd like to, if it's okay with you, Cheryl, I'd like to just read um, the post itself. Um, and so this is, uh, this is in response to all the, the movement that's happening on the planet now, specifically with uh, Black Lives Matter um, and fighting for uh, racial equality. So this is, um, this is what Cheryl wrote. From the heart, this week left me speechless. Love, compassion, acceptance, gratitude, meditation, and prayer provi- provided me strength to get through each day. And the global support towards justice for Black lives is heartfelt. Coming together around a group when there is a crisis is key to change. It does not diminish any other group, yet it brings awareness and support to those who need our attention. Until all lives matter equally, focusing on black lives and taking a stand is nothing short of humane. We are in support of justice for black lives. Honor Yoga Warren is open to all and welcomes everyone equally. And that was really beautiful. I saw that and um, I was so glad to read it. So I really appreciate you um, making that post and, and being public about where your studio stands in all of this. Um, I think it's important for everyone to speak out no matter, you know, black, white, Asian, Latino, whatever, you know, it's, it's a time 
now where no one can be neutral. There's no such thing. Um, so I really um, applaud you for going public and, and making that statement and taking the time that you needed to, to do, to put the words together. Um, so could you share with us just what, um, you know, what you were feeling this whole time leading up to your post? Because you, you did talk about going within, and I think that's really important. Um, yeah, so if you could just share what, whatever you'd like to share. Because <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, yeah, it's a pretty heavy um, topic. Pretty heavy time. And yes, I had to go in deep. I, I did exactly what I only know to do. I meditated, I prayed, and I had to use a lot of courage to put it together. I didn't want to say anything that missed the mark. Mm. And the mark here was... I've seen a lot of hurt, seen so many things. And this time, it was the Black Lives Matter time. I never stopped to think about being in support of any other initiatives. Um, when my cousin suffered from cancer and she passed, I supported her 100%. And during that time, it was breast cancer. But also during that time, we did a lot of things for her, for the initiative. And not once during that time, cancer for another issue came up. Everyone rallied to help because that was what she needed at that time. Mm. We switched gears when my grandmother had kidney failure and we looked to see who we could focus on and not that, you know, my cousin who had experienced cancer was less important she also knew that it was time to focus on that. And so we always, in my family, when someone experienced something, switched and focused, but not once did anyone feel neglected mm. or left out. They just knew that this time, let's focus on that. Sometimes it actually kind of reminds me of my kids. You know, I, I need help with my homework. And I'm by no way minimizing anything here. Just the idea that when my daughter needed help with her homework, and my son needed help too, but he also knew she had an exam that was that it was needed like that minute. Mm. His was two days later, so he waited. And he helped. I was like, okay, well, you can find this for her. She's got to get this in her project. And we all rallied around her to get it done. 
And so when I put this together, I thought about the same thing, that today we need that. Mm. Justice right now, we need it. Because I've always been in support of everyone when they needed it. And so I thought that this was the time for this, not minimizing or diminishing any other thing, because I've heard all lives matter. Yes, but this one needs help right now. Mm-hmm. Help us out. Yeah. And maybe that is the, the way I grew up, the, the spirit of how the thought process I have. I'm not saying it's for everyone, but I do understand the difference between immediate help now when someone's in trouble and the subject will change later. And so that's what drove me to do it. I had to stop thinking about what everybody else thought about and really thought, think about myself and how would I address it. And it's funny because after I did it, um, there was a Bible verse about how Jesus helped one sheep that was falling over the bridge or something, or, you know, one that was in trouble, but everybody else, they were like, well, what about us? What about like right now? I got to help this guy. And I'm probably not seeing the story right, but I did read that somewhere and it made me think about how my family rallies around everyone who has an issue at that moment and it's not that no one else is important but it is that support and love and compassion that we do that takes that person and gives them strength strength enough to help somebody else yeah. be able to understand how to share that way yeah the studio that's how i am with Everyone who comes through the door, Mm. everybody's important. There isn't number one, number two. You don't have a secret hierarchy list in the back room? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) No, no hierarchy list. (laughs) And I'm excited when someone comes in and they've not done yoga before. Mm. Because it reminds me of my story when I didn't know about yoga. I spend a lot of time with that person, making sure they understand what it is that I can do to change that. And it makes me even more excited when they come back with questions. You know, I, I was thinking about um, trying this class. I'm ecstatic because I could help them like I was helped. And not just understanding the surface aspects of it, that it's just exercise but how it goes deeper and talk about how you breathe and things like that. So it's an extension of me. That post was an extension of my experience and how I see help knowing what education does and learning more about it. And, and, and the more you learn, the more you want to help. And then after that's done, you go to the next one. And not that you can't multitask because you can help more than one person at the same time. Right, right, right. And I love, and I love how you brought in the example of the new, the new student 
coming into the studio and not knowing a thing about yoga. And as you were talking, I was thinking about how, you know, you do that. And then there are other students in the class who have been doing yoga for a while and they're not rolling their eyes going like, oh, you know, everyone is there like, yeah, you know, let, let us help you. Let us um, show you like how your arms need to be in warrior two, for example, how to plant your feet. So you're really solid on the mat. Um, I mean, granted there aren't, it's not to say that it's all like, you know, rainbows and butterflies. There are a few yogis <laughs> out there in the world who do roll their eyes if you don't get it right away, but that's their, their work that they need to do. <laughs> but for the most part, I love, I love the point that you make of how what is happening now is we are focusing on the people who need the help now and that it's not diminishing the value of anybody else. It is just highlighting the need. It is highlighting this call for, for help. Um, and, and I love the example of your kids because, you know, for parents who have more than one kid, it's, you're, you're pulled in different directions, you know, and, and you can't put all the fires out at the same time. It's like a one by one thing, you know? So, so I really appreciated that example of, you know, I don't, I don't love my other kid less, you know, I'm not putting the other kid off to the side and be like, you're, you're not important. You don't matter. It's more this kid right now needs the help right now. And, and then we will shift to you. You know, it's, it really is that simple. <laughs> yeah. And that's funny because when, when I think about it and I said it to my son, I had to really help educate him. I'm like, listen, I had to tell him your exam is here. We'll be able to do that. And guess what? When she's finished, she'll be able to jump in and we'll be rallying around you. He was like, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the concept that's missing. You know, I think that's the concept that's missing in a lot of people as far as how we've been conditioned to understand help and assistance. You know, like it's this, I mean, there's, there's so many discussions at varying levels of intellect right about about what's happening with the the black lives movement and the anti-police brutality and and it comes down to this conditioning of thinking that power is a piece of pie that is limited right and that if if i give my slice of pie away then i'm not gonna have any pie but who said it was even a pie <laughs> you know <laughs> who's talking about pies it's it's just as, as expansive as the sky. The sky is endless. Right. So um, it is endless, and it's endless because even from experiencing this time, there's so many people that's that needs help right now. Mm -hmm. So many groups. Yeah. And organizations. Yeah. So if the idea of help is exasperated could be amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's funny because as you, as you said that, I was thinking that, um, you know, re, or I just recently said to my kids, you know, we've been in quarantine for a while and they're all sort of turned into these vegetables. <laughs> the lack of physical activities. Yeah. Really astounding. And, you know, I, I still try to get them moving and stuff, but it's not quite the same as, as it was prior to quarantine. And so I'm reminded of this, of this, um, for lack of a better word, law, right? That like begets like, 
So if you are active, you're going to feel more energy. You're going to want to be more active, you know? So for example, with the help, if you're, if you're feeling tired or overwhelmed by help, you know, helping others often feeds that desire to help even more. And if it doesn't do that, at least it feeds someone else to continue that chain of help. Um, so I think that that's, that's really great that you brought that up because I know some people, they just make this excuse of, I mean, it's t- being tired is a real thing, you know, it's a real thing, but there are ways that you can help that are within your capacity. Um, I like that you said that cause I actually was, you know, that crossed my mind, your, your capacity. You have some people who have the capacity who can give to an organization. You mm-hmm. have someone who just has a capacity of just being kind at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Or even just being kind to themselves, you know, because yeah. the more you take care of yourself, the more the energy radiates out and it affects other people. And then they'll feel good. And then that is a kindness in and, in and of itself. Yes, it is. Self-care. Yeah. And we're not talking pedicures. <laughs> Unless you want one, but, you know, those salons are closed. So. <laughs> that is funny. But yes, all of that, all of that matters and it's huge. So I, I think about all of those things and uh, that's what, you know, took me time to think about it and stop reaching out for what has happened, what I have seen already in my lifetime and really coming to some acceptance, really being humbled, really getting past it, looking ahead. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because you can't change the past, right? No, you can't. All we have is the present moment. And the present moment is what? A gift. Mm. Yep. I don't call it presents for nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's not mine, of course. You know, I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah. I love it. So Cheryl, do you um do you have a uh any last things you'd like to um to share with us about your journey into yoga, how it it serves um you as a, as a guide or um Anything about, you know, how this is, how this moment in our cultural history is playing a role into how you are being um, as a person, as a business owner, like, how are you, how are you being right now? This is the last closing thought. One, I feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be, Mm. (laughs) where I'm supposed to be at the moment. Yeah. All of the things that I experienced have led up to today. Everybody could say that. What I am saying is not unusual, but it is where I go from here. It doesn't matter what comes up, what I'm experiencing, what I'm seeing now. I think that I'm able to contribute love, joy, strength, focus, 
and the ability to accept all those and be able to share how I went about doing it, mm. being a black woman. Mm. Right? Now, the reason why I say being a black woman, because you already think, gosh, that's a lot to handle, right? But guess what? I didn't do it by myself. Mm. I embraced the strength that meditation or going inward involves. It's mm -hmm. not quick. It takes time. Mm -hmm. Even where I am today, it took me time to, gosh, almost a week for me to put a post up. Forgive yourself. Say it's okay. But by all means, move forward and do whatever it is you need to do to find joy. Mm. Not happiness. Happiness is quick. I said joy because it runs deep. Mm -hmm. When you have something that runs deep, when things happen, you find ways to resurface it and have it be the one that takes over. And so... I am where I need to be because I do have joy deep down in my soul. And I knew that because it lived there, that no matter what I saw on TV, that that joy was going to supersede. And I'll hold on to that. Mm. That's so beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. Whew. I hope that's a good reminder for our listeners to hold on to that especially during these difficult times of change, um, that joy is accessible to everybody. It's just, we got to seek it out. Um, and here's a little hint. It's inside you. <laughs> it just got buried. So just uh, dig it up, get it out. Yeah. Go to the world. <laughs> it's deep. And even like, you know, I was saying, you know, things can cover it up. Mm -hmm. Because it's there, you got to get it again. Get it up. Yeah. Even yeah. if it takes you time. Give it time. Give yourself some time. We don't do that to ourselves. We're like, ah, oh, it's not quick enough. You know, you get everything so fast. You're spinning around. Give yourself some time. Yeah. To process. Yes. Yes. Oh, so good. So good. Cheryl, thank you so much for this conversation. Welcome. You're welcome. Oh, Thank you for having me. I loved it. I loved it. Um, Thank you for having me. Yes. So do you have a poem you'd like to share to close out the episode? Something, you know, that can leave a lovely breath of fresh air in everybody's mind as we move through our days. Well, I have to admit, you know, poems is not my strong suit. That's okay. Oh, I did find uh, a poem that's really short and um, it asks questions and uh, I'm just going to read it. Yes. It says all, and it's uh, by Remy, Rumi, excuse Rumi. me, Rumi. And um, I picked it out of a collection on 
what it means to be human. Mm. And so this poem is focusing on love and compassion and what defines us as human beings. The title is All Rivers at Once. Mm. What is the body? Endurance. What is love? Gratitude. What is hidden in our chests? Laughter. What else? Compassion. That is what I'm leaving. Mm. Thank you so much, Cheryl. That was beautiful. Oh, so good. So good. All right. So I just want to say thank you again. Um, listeners, thank you for being here and sharing your time with us. And to close the episode, the divine light in me bows to the divine light in you. Namaste. Namaste. Until next time. Hey loves, there's a lot going on in the world. So much shifting of the tides, so much rising up, so much learning and unlearning. We are navigating new territory. It's a change that many of us may or may not be ready for, but it's here nonetheless, which makes it crucial to be vigilant about caring for ourselves in spirit, heart, mind, and body. This Sunday, June 14th, I'm offering a free sacred healing circle for people of color where we can gather in community to release our heaviness and restore our energy so that we might expand ourselves and continue to fight for racial justice. So come and care for yourself in this space. Visit suryagiyan.com slash free sacred healing circle to sign up. Your best self can change the world.